Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. What's up, guys? Welcome to this week's edition to our Generation Church podcast. Pastor Taylor filling in for Pastor Ray today, and I'm sitting here with Michael Lepinay, who brought the word for us today in part six of our Red Letter series, um, looking at the story and encounter between Jesus and Nicodemus. Michael, you want to explain a little bit of what we talked about today? Yeah, um, so Jesus and Nicodemus uh, kind of have this conversation, and we all are very familiar with, or probably a lot of us are familiar with the story, and Nicodemus, this Pharisee, comes to Jesus at night, and and Jesus um, tells Nicodemus that actually, Nicodemus, you have to be born again. Um, you must start over. And so kind of what we talked about this morning was um, unpacking, one, the fallacy of moralism right Jesus attacks this idea um, that that in order to be right with God you have to it's it's based on your works and that was the entire life of Nicodemus and the Pharisees and that's why Jesus so strongly responds to Nicodemus is he's really kind of getting through all of that and to the point that actually your your moralism Nicodemus and your accomplishments as a Pharisee and your accolades and None of that matters. You actually must start over and be born again. Um, so we, we talked about that for, for a long time. And then we talked about what born again actually right. means. The, that, when I was listening to you speak, that was kind <clears throat> of, I was laughing uh, in my seat thinking about how many conversations that I've had with people that even just the idea of being born again, you know, I think like in the modern church from even like, the end of a service when it's like pray this prayer and you're saved be yeah. born again and all this stuff it's kind of like this uh you mentioned it it's not that the born again thing like that's the first time you hear it right so when jesus is saying you have to be born again so you kind of or i do anyways kind of relate to nicodemus's response you know from the top shelf it's like well, what do you mean being born again and mm-hmm. Surely by his next statement, which is like, is a grown man supposed to crawl back up in his mm-hmm. mother's womb? Mm-hmm. Just totally missing kind of the correct perspective that Jesus is wanting him to see. But I also think that he knew that that was going to be Nicodemus's response, perhaps coming from that Old Testament line of thinking and the Pharisee, the Pharisee mindset of everything he had learned up until that point. And so explain mm-hmm. a little bit more. Uh, about kind of that phrase born again and really just what what Jesus is trying to get him to understand. Yeah, so um, Jesus, in in part of that passage, Jesus, uh, he he tells Nicodemus, you must be born of water and the Spirit. And um, when he's talking about being born of water, obviously he means you must be born, you know, physically born in the the water of the, the womb of your mother. Mm-hmm. But then there's this deeper meaning, and he's pointing to, Jesus is referring actually back to Ezekiel 36, um, where he says, I'll sprinkle clean water and clean water on you and you will be clean. And mm-hmm. a little bit further down it says, um, 
I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So when Jesus is telling Nicodemus, you must be born of water and the spirit, Nicodemus knows what Jesus is referring to because Nicodemus knows the Torah, mm-hmm. the scriptures. Um, and there is this there is this strong image that Jesus is pointing to of, of almost this, this surgery that needs to happen where it says, in, again, Ezekiel 36, I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Like God is opening us up pulling out death he's removing our heart of stone he's giving us a heart of flesh and that's the that's the image of of actually what it means to be born again like Mm -hmm. like jesus is taking out death in in substitution for the void that that is leaving he's filling that void of what you know death with with life with a heart Mm -hmm. of flesh so that's kind of the first Mm -hmm. component of of two components of how he tells, explains to Nicodemus what it means to be born again. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people, and I agree with you, like you said uh, in your message, how like you, you didn't have like this euphoric salvation experience, you know, where I share that same experience. I grew up in church, roller coaster of denomination, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of upbringing, but I've always been in church, so I've never had like this, you know, rock bottom, lifted out of the pit kind of salvation moment. And so I'm not saying anything is wrong with that, but I personally feel like I identify with Nicodemus's side of this story where he knew the Bible. He grew up in church, so to speak, mm-hmm. trained in everything. But yet he's also skeptical because mm-hmm. in this moment with this conversation and I can imagine him leaving that conversation and probably questioning everything, mm-hmm. you know, maybe questioning like what he had been taught and maybe obviously not what he was taught was, you know, theologically wrong. It's coming from the Torah and scripture, mm-hmm. but he found himself and you know that in this moment it started a progression mm-hmm. that took three years yeah. to really come to fruition mm-hmm. to realize that Jesus was in fact, the Messiah. He wasn't a, just a teacher, wasn't just a prophet, but he was the son of God. And, you know, you could kind of look at it and say, well, man, he almost realized it too late, but, um, or what a missed opportunity he could have had in that three-year window had he realized it sooner, hmm. or maybe had that moment of staring, you know, at the, the snake on a pole example. Yeah. But what would you say to someone that, may find themselves in that same place where maybe they grew up in church, maybe they didn't grow up at church, but for whatever reason, they're kind of a skeptic in terms of, you know, you could take that word wherever you want to go, but um, maybe they have doubts. Maybe they've encountered God, but they also aren't really sure what to do next. You know, maybe they have a lot of questions or maybe they did grow up even from the perspective of, being in a super religious upbringing and it was, you know, strict and hard and all this stuff to really more of a religion than a relationship, so to speak. But now they're in this position where maybe they're questioning, um, really like Nicodemus was like, you know, starting from born again and moving forward. Hmm. Um, I've got a couple of random thoughts floating around. So, well, one, 
I don't want to skirt your question about, you know, what would you do if mm-hmm. you're a kind of in a season where you're skeptic or questioning Christianity. But one thing that's interesting is that um, Nicodemus has this conversation with Jesus and um, things don't change, right? The conversation ends and, you know, um, it actually goes to just another story. Like the next chapter, John 4, uh, is, is uh, I think it's John 4, or either right after or a couple after it's it's the woman at the well mm-hmm. unbelievably beautiful story um, man what what an incredible story and that woman encounters jesus and she does have that experience mm-hmm. you know she is radically changed as it is a euphoric life-defining moment for her she encounters this jesus at the well and uh Jesus speaks to her in a much more, it is still a truth, truthful way, but it's a much more gentle way than he speaks to Nicodemus, which is also telling. And the woman's life has changed, and she runs back to her village and and, and basically sets that, not uh, literally, but but spiritually sets that village on fire. Mm-hmm. Like, it, 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 tons of people start believing because of this woman's testimony. Um, and Nicodemus doesn't have that. It's not like, you know, some amazing mountaintop experience. It's, he encounters the words of Jesus. He has this conversation with Jesus mm-hmm. and then he leaves and goes about his life. Um, and he thinks and he thinks and he wrestles with it until years later he sees Jesus on the cross and we know from the end of that story uh, Nicodemus actually is changed and, and he does follow Jesus but it takes years and so I would say if someone is, you know, there's not an easy, every situation is different, but if someone is mm. skeptical, or you're wrestling with your faith, uh, I would say you're in very good company. <laughs> right. uh, many of us do, and Nicodemus did, and, and many characters in the Bible do. <clears throat> I would say the most important thing would be to to start and I don't know, this is this sounds kind of like it's not it's a little bit too vague, but starting in with Jesus, if you have questions about Christianity or you have, you just have doubts, you can go down infinite rabbit holes looking on you know, and that's fine to do all that. But at the end of the day, start and end with Jesus. Was this Jesus actually a historical figure who existed, and 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 did he actually die? And there is, you know, substantial evidence for all that. Um, was he raised? Did he did he rise again? Mm-hmm. Start and end there. And then from there, you know, use that as your foundation for, you know, for um, in, in investigating your own kind of skepticism. And then from there, like, you know, you know I don't know, just I would start and mm-hmm. end with Jesus. Yeah. So, um, and, and, and again, I want to make a caveat in saying that like, I'm not, nor does our church say like, okay, you should, you know, we're only like red letter Christians. You right. follow, like the Bible from cover to cover, Genesis mm-hmm. to Revelation is the singular word of God. Sure. So I'm not trying to elevate the words of G, you know, the red words above anything else, but right. the person and work of Jesus start there mm-hmm. and investigate there. 
Yeah, I think it, right, well, that last statement you said about from Genesis to Revelation, I mean, I think the text today alone kind of proves how important that is because in the dialogue between Jesus and Nicodemus, Jesus himself is referencing, you know, numbers yeah. and Leviticus. And we're looking at a passage next week where he does the same thing. And uh, so, well, good word today, Michael. Um, really good word. Looking forward to continuing this series with you guys next week. We'll be looking at John 6 and the statement, I am the bread of life. So tune in next week um, as we continue to dig in. And if you're listening right now, be sure to uh, join a group and go to generationpensacola.com, click groups and get connected. So we'll see you all next week. But as for today, that is a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, we'd love to hear about it. So please drop us a note.